Listener Production. You are listening to episode 177 of the Howie Games, part B, featuring Cam Smith. On we go. Let's talk about a couple of tournaments. Uh, the players last year, which you won. Congratulations. Smith does it again. 13 under par. Clutch. Another one putt. Clutch. Dead set. Up and down for five. 66 for Smith. That's right. Which one? I was going to ask. That's the players there, isn't it? Yeah, the gold one, yeah? This one, yeah. Yeah, it's an impressive trophy. What's the one? What, what else you got there? What's the what's what's the blue and gold one? Uh, that's the Player of the Year for last year, PGA Player of the Year, and then that's the Claret Jug right there. Oh, you, well, you you buried the lead there. If so, for people that can't watch this, he, he's got it hidden behind the chair. <laughs> Keep the Claret Jug there. Can you grab? Can you grab the players one or not? Is or yeah. is it too heavy? Or no, it's alright. So so that's that, that now that's a nice looking trophy. That is, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's pretty. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one to win that one. That's for sure. So the players, they caught the fifth major. Um, famously, famously on the on the uh, par three sixteenth. Seventeenth. Seventeenth, sorry. And old mate in commentary, <laughs> you're lining up and I, I watched it this morning. Way more aggressive than I anticipated, is what the commentator says. Oh my goodness, this is way more aggressive than I anticipated. Oh man! What a shot! You're two shots up at that stage. He makes another one, a two at 17 to get to 14 under. Yeah, I think uh, I just made a really good par on the hole before. Yep. Uh, one of those pars that really gives you that confidence I was just talking about. And, uh, yeah, maybe I was two up, but um, Annabarn, who was behind me, uh, was playing the par five. He was in the group after me, so he was playing the par five. So I'm thinking he's going to birdie the par five, you know, naturally as as most professionals do. He ended up paring it, but I'm thinking he's going to he's going to birdie it. And yeah, I, I just wanted to hit it in there close on the lower deck. I wasn't really. It was definitely way more aggressive than I anticipated as well. Right. But um, it wasn't too far off. I would say it was ten feet right of where I was aiming. And then did you stick it? In the water on the 18th? Yeah, so I hit a pretty poor drive off 18. I just kind of blocked it to the right. There's water that goes all down the left and, yep. yeah, le- left it out there to the right and, yeah, just kind of tried to chip it out. I wasn't trying anything fancy and just hit it a little bit too hard and rolled down there into the water. So, it was, um, yeah, it was kind of like uh, I kind of felt like I had the thing won and then, yeah, hit it in the water. Now it's got to slow down. And it doesn't. One more little twist we've got. So does that come back to that mental reset and, and have a short memory? Because at the like you say, it's, I'm watching and I think, oh, Smithy's going to win this, and then it goes in the water and you're like, oh, no, you think back to like <laughs> Jean Vanderveld at the, the British yeah. Open and like, these things are in my head. So I, I, I'm fascinated how they don't creep into your head at that stage. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm, re- I'm really lucky again. I have, a, I have one of the best caddies. He's just like, I oh, just forget it, mate. About it, mate. We've got a couple of shots up our sleeve, and um, let's just go up here and get it up and down. And we only probably had 
uh, I'm going to say we had 60 metres or so. So it was pretty close to the green and, yeah, just hit a really good shot uh, down there and <laughs> and then ended up getting it up and down and, and winning by one. And Ibarn ended up birdieing the 17th as well. So, yeah, it was a lot closer than I wanted it to be, but um, it was good. So when you win a big event, what what happens immediately after? There's all the media. When do you... Like, what's the process? When we see you, the TV goes off, it's the end of the presentation, Cam Smith wins, what happens then? Yeah, there's a basically going to the media room, media centre, and then it's pretty good. Uh, we're probably in there for an hour and then uh, it's basically, you know, go and have a drink out of the trophy or um, go and have a drink with your mates and, yeah, celebrate. And is it, re- it. Is it relief? Is it satisfaction to, to, to beat the world's best in a highly competitive sport? What does it do for you, Cam? Yeah, it's complete satisfaction, I think, and, and for golf as well. Um, you know, there's so many guys that are great players and, and never win. So there's a, I think there's a kind of a, because it's such an individual sport, I think you kind of have to really do your best for a long time and even... Even when sometimes you're in situations where you think you're going to win and then you don't, and you know that happens a bunch too. Is I just everything kind of fell into place last year, and you ended up winning more in contention than than losing. And were your fan? Were your was your mum over there at the players? I remember reading it yeah, or seeing it. Yeah, you had, you had relatives there, maybe your sister. Yeah, mum and my sister were were here, and that was actually pretty special as well. It was the first time I saw them in about two and a half years, and yeah, it was just awesome to see them, and then to kind of win when they were here was uh, even better. All right, settle into your chair now because now we get to the Open Championship. 150th anniversary, St Andrews. Did you or did you not spend many an hour drinking beers maybe on the Monday night before the tournament with your mate Leishman? I've I've got a reliable spy (laughs) in the golf world that says they saw you at four and then they saw you a lot later at the pub still going. (laughs) Uh, I didn't know about it a lot later. I was a pretty good boy that week. Um, I think um, for people that haven't been to St Andrews, it's one of the coolest places ever, especially for a golf nut. Um, the, the kind of the whole town is is a is a university, and and basically the whole town revolves around golf. Um, every pub you go into, there's some reference to the old course or um, something like that. So I remember the Monday night uh, we had just got there and. Yeah, Leisha and I were like, oh, well, we may as well go and kind of check it out. It's early in the week. Maybe it's not going to be that busy. We went out uh, on a Monday night and I think we waited probably half an hour for a table. And, yeah, it's a bit of a pain to kind of get around, but uh, one of the one of the coolest places ever. But, yeah, we had a, we had a good, uh, good lick on Monday night for sure. A good lick. Okay. Watching it, it's so different. Cam to what we see on the PGA Tour and where everything looks so green on the PGA Tour and every approach shot seems to land within two foot of the pin and it backspins. I watched an hour of highlights from across the tournament yesterday and it's dry and it's like there's blokes putting from 30 metres off the surface and there's these little dinky shots. Tell me about playing that links form of golf where it's not stick it to the pin and try and hold your birdie putt. It's like it's brilliant to watch because there seems to be about seven different shots from every position that you could potentially play. Yeah. Creative. looks creative. Yeah, yeah, for sure, especially that that golf course. Um, Yeah, you can play every hole completely different. Um, If you want to be 
kind of really smart around there. You can be smart and hit irons and like you said, it's firm and fast. So, you know, it might have a seven or eight iron in or you can try and take driver on and uh, get it in there tight with a wedge. Um, it, is, it really is one of the coolest places ever and um, they really tricked it up that week. I think as time goes on, uh, that course kind of gets shorter and shorter and it's it's definitely not easy by any means, but it's it's becoming quite short for especially for some of the longer guys, and they they had to make it firm and fast and and put the pins in tricky spots. Um, it's a great golf course. Round by round, never in doubt, never in doubt. Excellent round of golf, 67, just what he wanted. After the first day, you're three under. How are you feeling after the first round? Yeah, I was feeling really, uh, really solid. You know, I think even for me, the week before the Scottish Open, I didn't play that good on Thursday, Friday. I had a really, really good weekend and maybe finished 10th, uh, maybe just scraped into the cut and uh, finished 10th. And um, I kind of remember thinking to myself, I'm, you know, starting to feel really good here. It's the first time I'd seen my coach in a long time and um, he was going to be there the week after and, yeah, kind of everything was building up nicely. I didn't. I remember not spending that much time on the course that week to prepare. I kind of, uh, I'd been there before, I'd played a lot and I remember just wanted to go out there and, and just play and yeah, I was itching for Thursday and yeah, the game felt really good. And in the midst of it, when you said you just play, I, I think t- sometimes we forget that you do it because you love it. Like when you're in a big tournament like that, is it fun? Is there time to think, oh, I'm actually having fun out here? This is, <laughs> this is why I love the game? Um, I think um, there can be points uh, where it's fun uh, throughout the week, but, yeah, those big tournaments can get to you. I, I feel, you know, there's probably, yeah, a handful of tournaments here where you really want to win and you really want to play well, and by the end of the week you're just knackered. Um, you know, all your energy has gone into this, you know, all this all your energy basically for a month prior has gone into this tournament and it's finally over. So, um, yeah, it does get pretty hectic and you have to be definitely mindful of that heading up into it, uh, kind of rest a lot and, and make sure you're eating all the right stuff and doing all the right things. You know, I think for me, um, other than that Monday night, I don't think I touched a beer the rest of the week, which is a, which is kind of a rarity for me, especially during golf. The, the, the last, the first thing I want to do when I get off a stressful day on the golf course is have a drink of beer and, um, yeah, and just make the kind of the night a little bit easier. But um, I, I was a good boy that week and, yeah, everything felt good. So talk me through a night then. Day two, you've shot a 64. Um, you're 11 under and you're, I think you're two shots up in the tournament at this stage at the halfway point. Now Ken Smith to wrap this up and finish at 13 under into the weekend. Brilliant. Bogey-free. It's a round of 64 for Australia's Cameron Smith. And he moves to the front of the pack. Will anyone catch him? Maybe not. We'll see. So you finish your round of golf. Uh, like, what's your go-to meal? How much sleep are you trying to get? How are you getting to sleep? Yeah, you know, like I mentioned before, I think... Um, you know, those weeks are so draining that it, it doesn't take much for me to get to sleep. You know, by the end of the day, especially over there where it's, you know, windy and yep. it's firm and fast, you're constantly thinking about different things. 
yeah, you're pretty tired. So, um, and I'm, I'm up there with one of the best sleepers of all time. I think uh, it doesn't take much for me to get to sleep. So, what's your post round meal? Oh, over there, I was I was really into the bangers and mash over there. I had I had that probably thirty times over there. I think lunch and dinner. <laughs> so, end of the third round. Now, things are still progressing well, but you've shot a 73, 12 under, trail by four. Cam Smith. He'd love to pop this in. Three strokes behind is very doable. Pity, just so slow up there. I'm afraid that pretty much sums up the day, doesn't it, for Cameron Smith? The thing with him... Jay is he doesn't have two poor putting days in a row. He could come out tomorrow and hold everything. So you're on the tee, start of day four. You're trailing by four. Rory's at the top. On the tee from Australia, Cameron Smith. How do you approach a day where you know that you're going to need to shoot low? Yeah, not really much changes. You know, in the mindset, maybe a little bit more aggressive into some pins that you're thinking you've got to hit away from. But other than that, it's it's basically the same thing. It's, you know, that day I really need to get off to a good start. Um, I got off to a, a pretty solid start. I think I had a couple under on that front nine. I probably wanted to shoot a, a couple less than that. But, yeah, it all came together on that back nine. And, yeah, the, the putts kind of finally started dropping from, you know, a day and a half before putting incredible. So for those that, that haven't followed it, five birdies in a row, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. Sure can. That's a great up and down for birdie at 10. Here we go. Birdie on 10, birdie on 11. Finds another one. Three birdies to start the back nine for Australia's Cam Smith. Four birdies in a row to start the back nine for Cameron Smith. And he climbs alongside McElroy at 18 under in a share of the lead. Are you in the zone that sports people talk about? Are you looking at the leaderboard? What's happening when you're on that, when you golf on the scoreboard? I don't know how it's feeling out in the middle, mm. but your golf on the scoreboard is flowing. I guess in the zone, I, I don't really know, to be honest, that. Yeah, I'm a big scoreboard watcher. I, I love to know what I have to do. Okay. You know, like, yeah, if someone's, you know, finished at 13 under and you've got a few holes left and you're at 12, I love knowing that I need to make a couple. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather just kind of, you know, step up and, and take it as it is. Um, but I guess when you're playing really good golf, you're just trying to hit really good golf shots and you're trying to hit the right shot. And I remember, you know, that day really not thinking much about the swing. Like I said, the game was feeling really good. I was just trying to hit different shots and be creative and, yeah, it kind of, I don't think I really hit a bad shot on that back nine. It was it was uh, pretty good. Birdie on 18. Brilliant, quite brilliant. What a back nine. Back in 30, finishing 20 under. Now McElroy needs to make an eagle up 18 to tie. And then you scurry off to the scorer's tent. So I think Rory would have needed to eagle the last. Am I right, yeah. Cam, to force a playoff? Yeah. So, so what? What? Okay. You've grown up with a poly piping uh, little container <laughs> with your dad. That now you're sitting in the in the in the uh, in the scorer's hut. 
What's going through your mind? Do you allow yourself to believe at this stage, I've won the British Open, I could win the British Open, if he, you know, he's a gun, if he eagles it, I've got to get out there and go to a playoff? I, I'm fascinated by this part of the equation. I mean, it's, you know, it's 90% in the bag. You can never, yep. you know, especially guys like Rory and, you know, there's probably another, I guess, five or ten guys that you'd, you'd really expect them to make eagle and, and really make a good run at it at least. Um, so I was expecting him to kind of, you know, not, I guess not expecting to make eagle, but expect it to be pretty close and, and really have a good run at it. And then if it goes in, it goes in type of thing. But, um, yeah, it was a pretty, pretty weird feeling. It's, um, you know, I finished golf tournaments before where, um, you're either the last group out and you win on the 18th and it's like, yep, I've won. Um, <laughs> I finished golf tournaments where, you know, there's nothing they can do on the last hole to win. So it's, it was kind of a bit of a weird one for me, but yeah, it was a, you know, when Rory ended up missing his chip there, it was a pretty surreal moment. Yeah. Smith has won the 150th Open. He is the champion golfer of the year. And with a score of 268, the winner of the gold medal and the champion golfer of the year is Cameron Smith. Morris Smithy shortly. We have been fortunate to feature two other Open winners on this podcast. Episode 14, when the 1986 and 93 winner Greg Norman joined us. Do not forget the Shark rejoining us next week as he talks all things live golf. It is a wild, wild episode. And episode 103, when the 1991 champion, the world's nicest man, Ian Baker Finch, came on for a chat. The Claret Jug, obviously you're, uh, as you mentioned, Jenny is pregnant, you've got a little one. Do you have a couple of drinks out of the Claret Jug or is it you're just exhausted and you're a family man? How does one celebrate achieving their life's ambition? It feels pretty good. It feels great. Um, that night we had uh, drinks out of it. There was a pub down the, down the road from the little village we were staying in that sold uh, VB and Foster's in the big cans. So uh, Robert Allenby and Glenn Joyner went down to the pub and grabbed some beers. Uh, a few other media guys came around and they bought Aussie red wine that they'd found at the pub. And later that night, I put a nice bottle of, of Aussie Shiraz in it and we went up to the club and uh, Jenny and I and Steve Bann and the, the guard let us in. I showed him, hey, uh, this is the jug I won today. And we went and walked the last hole. And but it was, was good times, good memories and... Over the years, I always pull it out uh, the Sunday night of the Open Championship if I'm home here and uh, toast the new champion. Uh, when Molinari won, we, we put a lovely bottle of uh, Italian wine in there and you know, we try and make it make a bit, something a bit special out of it. That's Ian Baker Finch on episode 103 of the show. Let's get back to Cam. So now, now I think you've introduced it. You better spin around and get the claret jug, which has obviously had the name of uh, or Peter Thompson on it five times, Greg Norman a couple of times, yeah. Ian Baker Finch, and and now Cameron Smith. So d- describe the trophy. I, I can't see what's engraved in it. What does it say? T- t- take me into the trophy. Jeez, um, it doesn't really say much to be honest. Um, this so this top bit, I guess. Uh, this was the original bit, basically. 
Um, and on the front here it says Golf Champion Trophy. And it goes back to, let's have a look here, 1872 was the first one, Tom Morris won. Right, I'll tell me um, Morris. And then uh, it goes all the way down the face here. And then it, then it goes up onto the lip. Um, so you can tell if, you know, tried to jam some stuff in. And then I think they eventually went our stuff and we'll put a couple of rings around the, around the bottom here. And then it starts down here. And yeah, so there's, there's probably on this third ring here where my name is here, um, there's probably another, uh, I'm going to say 15 spots. So in, you know, 16 years' time, they're probably going to have to get another bottom here and add another layer. But, um, yeah, that's how she is at the moment. And what does it mean to you to have that trophy in your study? Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty cool. I think, you know, for me, out of every tournament to win, yeah, it either would have been that one or the, or the Masters. Yeah, I think that one because of the history uh, you know, 1872, there's been a ton of good players that have won it. Um, basically, every Hall of Famer has won it. Every guy that has been something in golf is on that trophy. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to be up there with them. And, yeah, it's unreal. I still, I still pinch myself. Tell me a story about that night or when you brought the trophy back to Australia. Tell me about a celebration or having a beer out of it or just being able to relax and reward yourself for all your hard work? Yeah, I think, um, you know, after the, after the event there, you know, being in Scotland, there was only, you know, other than the guys that I, that I played with and hang out with out on tour, uh, there wasn't really anyone else there. And so it was nice to, it was nice to bring it back here, even to Jacksonville, hang out with a bunch of friends and, and have a really good night out of it and basically <laughs> everything's been in it. We've had everything from tequila, beer, wine. We've had coffee, had the morning coffee out of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's been epic to have and I think uh, for people that see, you know, this trophy for the first time, I describe it like almost seeing a ghost. I guess it would kind of be like seeing the Ashes trophy or something for yeah. the first time. It's like, oh, wow, that's really it. So... It's really cool to have it, but I think it's even probably cool to see people's reaction when they see it. You know, people that you've grown up with playing, uh, the members at one team, we had a really good night up there with it. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just unreal to have. The thing that struck me when you, when you finally arrived back in Australia and it was there in the packing case, and I don't know whether someone asked you or, but all of a sudden you pulled it out at the airport and you could just see the shots. Everybody was like, wow, <laughs> that, that, that's the trophy. What has it meant to you to be able to, you're obviously a really proud Australian to share it with your fellow Australians. Yeah, it was nice to bring it back. Um, you know, uh, we played two events down here. It was at both events uh, for people to come and have a look at. Um, I think that was pretty cool, especially for kids to go and see that. And, um, you know, hopefully, you know, hopefully their names run on someday. I'm all about kind of growing the game of golf um, in Australia and, you know, trying to get as many young fellas as we can um, out there whacking golf balls. And, yeah, that's that's what I love to see. And then there was obviously all the rumours and then live golf, Cam. And I feel I don't know if well, I feel like I should say this, but I feel like I should say to you, I've always thought that athletes should maximise their revenue because they are the best at what they do and they have short careers. So that, that's how I view money. And I, I view it the same way America do, where they celebrate 
where they celebrate athletes getting paid extraordinary figures. Also, as far as live goes, I think it's fantastic with this competition. There's more opportunities for people to play golf and see golf. So I, I'm, I think it was a fantastic innovation and I can't wait to see it out here in Australia. When, when does it first cross your desk? And what do you make of it all? Because it's a tremendous opportunity, but it, then I imagine it's a courageous thing to step into because you're leaving behind everything that you know. Mm. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty big decision. I mean, it was a um, it was probably a decision that took me, you know, three or four months. Um, I was kind of uh, it was kind of always on my mind. I never really said no to it. I never really said yes to it. It was just kind of like. I just really want to see how this kind of thing plays out for a little bit. And, um, yeah, it, it just came time, I guess, to, to make a decision. Um, I felt as though, you know, I, I played six events, uh, sorry, five events last year. And there was, uh, I think there was three or four events before I went out there and I, you know, made it, made an effort to, to watch it on YouTube um, as it was at the time and really see what their product was about. And I was excited. Um, I love the, I kind of describe it as um, going to a, a footy game rather than watching the golf. I think golf sometimes can be uh, for the fan to, uh, you know, quite stale. I think there's definitely events where that's the place and that's how it needs to be um, 100%. But uh, basically, it's you know it's like a big show, and we're just a part of the show, and we get to to play golf, uh, the game that we love, um, all around the world, and yeah, play against really good players. Well, you are in the entertainment business. Like sport is part of the entertainment business. I completely agree with you about professional golf. It could get a bit more sizzle to it to get to get people involved and to get kids involved, which is obviously the future of the game. Mm. Did did you? How did you deal with the fact that I talked about it being uncertain, stepping in at that stage, obviously the world ranking still not resolved. So at the moment, you know, it's going to be impossible for you to be world number one. There was talk about whether you'd be able to play at the majors. How did you deal with those facts that, wow, am I going to get to play in these big tournaments again? Yeah, it, that, that was probably the biggest thing for me was uh, was those big events. Um you know, that's stuff that you dream of as a kid um, and to throw that out the window uh, would have been tough. But I think, um, you know, the last three or four months, um, it's been uh, it's been really good. I think it's been a step in the right direction. I've, you know, basically I've said from the start that I think there's those tournaments that need to be above all the kind of political stuff that's going on. And, you know, hopefully throughout the years we can resolve these issues with world rankings and and stuff like that. I think, um, like you said before, I think it's good to have competition and yeah. I think Live Golf has definitely, you know, kept the PGA Tour on their toes and I think that their product is, is striving from it too. So, yeah, I can't really see a, a bad thing that it's done yet uh, to professional golf. And how have you seen the battles within golf between golfers? Obviously, Rory's been strong uh, against it, Tiger's been strong against it. How have you negotiated mates that you've developed over the years now you're playing for opposing masters? Uh, you know, all the guys that I was mates with are, are still my mates. Um, you know, no one no one has told me to, to piss off or not talk to them ever again. Um, you know, I'd like to think that I'm a pretty easy person to talk to and um, if anyone ever wanted to confront me, um, you know, I'm all about talking about it and, you know, making sure they're comfortable with it as well. It's, it's, 
it's not my spot to, you know, to step on anyone's toes. And that's the last thing I wanted to do. I, um, it was just a, a move that I felt was right for my career. And, um, I think the biggest thing for me was spending more time in Australia, which I was able to do over the Christmas break. And I brought my fiance down there. Uh, it was her first time down to Australia. So we spent about seven or eight weeks down there. So it was, uh, it was awesome to do that. And yeah, I think it'll be, you know, having that tournament in Adelaide uh, will be really big for Australian golf and really big for junior golf. I think, you know, like I said before, I want to see as many young Aussies as I can out there, you know, whacking a golf ball. I think it's going to be outstanding in Adelaide already now, mate. This, this February, um, it, it's a couple of months away, but there's the, the gather around the AFL are having all, all their games of footy there like you do in the Magic Round and then live. I was in Adelaide for the Test Match and the excitement amongst sports fans that they were going to see you and world-class golfers up close, which we really only have seen in the President's Cup in the last mm. X number of years in Australia, mate. I'm not sure you actually understand the excitement for that <laughs> tournament in Adelaide. It, it, it's going to be brilliant. It really is, Cam. Yeah. Yeah, I, I already kind of felt the buzz, I, I think, at home, uh, spending that time there. Um, you know, everyone I run into or everyone that I spoke to at home, uh, it seemed like they had a ticket to go to go to live golf in Adelaide. So it was, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good reception over there. And um, I hope as many people at home uh, get behind it. And, um, yeah, I hope, I, I, you know, for me, I just hope there's a bunch of kids there and they really see what, you know, golf is about. Obviously, so many headlines about what you're getting paid to play live golf. Um you know, a hundred million dollars <laughs> headline, etc. cetera. Uh, it's a crazy figure. It, it's generational wealth. It's There's one thing winning $5 million in a golf tournament, which is mm. a, a tremendous amount of money. But as I said, Cam, you're the world's best. I think you deserve every cent you get. Every athlete um, does. Is there a responsibility that comes with that amount of wealth? Is there a sit down on the couch one day and go, heavens above, that's a, a tremendous amount of money. What can I do for my family? What what can I do for people? How, how do you approach, not in a crass way, Smithy, because you're a really down-to-earth bloke, but how do you approach that amount of wealth? And congratulations, by the way, but <laughs> your talents, well, well, it is, mate, because your talents have allowed you to receive a check like that because people think that you're worth that much money and they think they can make money out of your talent. So I think you should be congratulated. Yeah. You know, the first thing for me was just uh, figure out the family stuff, um, you know, obviously take care of them. I'd, I'd love to do a foundation at home. Um, I think uh, we're kind of uh, working that stuff out now. It's a bit of a long process, but hopefully we'll get something up and running here in the next uh, year or two. And you know, I'd love to, I'd love to see more kids playing golf. I think, um, but also you know, just sport in general. I think uh, the kids need to get out there and run around and uh, play footy and cricket. And I'd love to to help those kids out that aren't really you know so privileged to do so which is a wonderful thing to do with the money. Did you spend anything on yourself, like after you won the players and you win five million bucks or, or the like? Did, did, have, you, have you bought yourself a toy? Not, not really, no, to be honest. Um, I, I, uh, got, I traded in a boat and I've just got a, a bit of a bigger one. Uh, it's not really like, – it's definitely an upgrade for sure, but it's, uh, it's not like a ginormous upgrade. It's just a little bit nicer to ride out, uh, you know, 70 miles offshore. <laughs> um, but uh, – 
Yes, so that was about it, mate, to be honest. And um, other than that, just uh, hanging out here at home and and paying for the the petrol to get out there. That's about it. Two more questions for you. Uh, I've got a couple of kids, Cam, and whoever's most invested in the guest gets to ask a question. So I've got an 11-year-old son called Mac, but he rolls as the big penguin. And often we'll be sitting at, on the couch and you'll say, oh, Dad, can we sit, turn some golf on? He likes watching golf. He likes playing golf. But so he asked a question of each guest, but this is the one he has for you. Um, this, he came up with this himself. So are you ready to take on the big penguin? <laughs> yeah. To be fair, mate, this is a bloody tough question. I don't know how you're going to go with this. Here we go. Hey, Cam, big penguin here. First off, I love watching you play golf and also I love your hair. Anyway, picture this. You're playing at the Masters in Augusta and it's on the 16th hole. And if you, what would you rather, get a hole in one but have to cut your mullet off (laughs) the next day or not have to cut your mullet off but you get a bogey? (laughs) Well, if if I'm three or four ahead, I'd take a bogey and not cut the mullet off. That's a great answer. But if I was a, if I was a, if I was a couple of behind, I'd I'd definitely take the old one. Mate, final question for you. you. You couldn't have been better and more generous with your time. I mentioned to you at the start, we have a lot of kids listening to this show. For those kids that are wanting to achieve success, which you have obviously done so well in your chosen field, and they might be golfers or they might be guitarists or they might be engineers or builders or singers, from what you've learnt about success, what advice would you give to all the young people out there that are listening to the show at the moment? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, I think for me, uh, just stick to a process. Get a get a really good process in place, one that works. Um, you know, it could take a little bit of time, but yeah, just tick the boxes every day. And make yourself. You know, I try to make myself a better golfer every day, uh, whether it be in the gym or out in the golf course. I'm trying to do something that I couldn't uh, the day before, so. Um, yeah, that would be it. Mate, it's a great answer. You've been so generous with your time. What's it been like to reflect? You often, as a professional athlete in the middle of a career, you don't get a chance to reflect. What's it been like to reflect? Um, yeah, I, I guess I haven't really had much time to do that stuff. Um, you know, I think uh, I'm probably about, I'd like to think I'm about halfway through my career and if I had uh, the next half like this first one, I think um, it'd be unreal. Mate, thanks for just being a regular dude. Thanks for coming on the show. Good luck with everything moving forward. I'm sure Australia is going to be pumped to see you out here for live. It's a massive year coming up. Masters not too far away as well. Um, obviously, we'd love to see you in a green jacket, but you're looking pretty good in your maroon yeah. top, mate. Thanks for joining <laughs> me in the Howie Games. You're a star. I really appreciate it, mate. Stay safe and travel well. And good luck with your marriage coming up as well. Thanks, mate. Cheers. You'd like to think if you were as talented, committed and successful as Cam, you'd be equally as humble. I reckon I'd probably get a touch carried away myself. But not so Smithy. What a job his parents have done in raising him. The man deserves every bit of success that comes his way. Thanks so much to Cam for giving up some of his valuable time away from fishing to come on for a chat. And thanks to his manager, Ian Davis, for making the whole thing possible. Okay, until next Thursday, with the great white shark himself, G Norman. I say, G. Norman to join us. Until then, peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. If we try, try, try. try.